Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Hutton with Row with you. Wednesday edition jam-packed with news and notes across NFL free agency. Of course, March Madness and the bracket and much more. Looking forward to Mike Golick joining us in 20 minutes, formerly of Mike and Mike and now with DraftKings. Bobby Carpenter will be with us for his weekly visit in hour number two. Plus, Shannon Terry and Grant Furking of On3 in studio to discuss Shannon's take on the fact he believes we're going to have federal legislation sooner rather than later down the path for name, image, likeness, and we'll discuss Texas A&M defi- define the NCAA quote-unquote guidelines. That's all to come. But Chad, good afternoon, and we have heard from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers runs the world. We just live in yeah. it, and that is the story of the day. Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play for the New York Jets, and he's waiting on the Packers to get the deal done with New York. Here is Rodgers earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show. I was able to admit at that point, uh, really on that Tuesday, I wanted to play. Um, and then it was, uh, you know, how is my body uh, feeling? Is it going to be able to hold up? So at this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get. And the compensation is interesting. We'll get to that in a moment. But, Chad, what was your biggest takeaway from what Rodgers did by saying, it, we're not here to declare anything. This this has already uh, been decided, and I need to clear some things up that floating out there. Like the, the wish list, he says he didn't make any demands. Rossini said it was a wish list. He didn't call it a demand uh, when in regards to the, the Packers who were free agents that he would like uh, to join him in New York namely Alan Lazard, who's currently a New York Jet. But he also pointed directly at Green Bay and said, they don't want me. They made the decision that they're moving on. I think that it was a... um, Let let me back it up a little bit. There's two parts of this for me. One I will get to with the fact that Aaron Rodgers broke this story. Just blows my mind. Like This was kept secret quiet for the most part. There were some reports about Trey Wingo. hearing it's going to happen. You know, Trey Wingo had that out there, but for the most part, you know, kept it pretty close to the vest at everyone and that he was allowed to go on Pat McAfee show and break his own news, which does surprise me. And that he can just come out and say, I want to be a jet and the Packers need to move it along. Basically well, that it's their problem now. And it's about their compensation. And he is, trying to get them to speed the process up. It's an interesting it's an interesting way to go about this from Rodgers' perspective because the Jets are facing the most pressure. The Packers can execute the $58 million roster bonus on Rodgers' contract as late as September 1st. So the Packers can sit back and say, 
You're not going to be in the building. You want to be traded. We're moving on to Jordan Love. And we have until September 1st to make a move with you on the roster where that $58 million is going to count against us. It's not going to count today at 4 p.m. Eastern like a lot of contracts lock in for. So now the Jets are up against it because the Packers want multiple first-round picks. And the Jets are saying, we don't want to give you multiple first-round picks because we don't know if Rodgers is going to play multiple seasons after 2023. So the compensation should add up for 2023, plus down the road, if he plays, we can trade other things and and other picks down the road, not for 2023-24. That's what's interesting. The Jets now are back against the wall because their only option, best option, is Aaron Rodgers for where they want to be, which is in the postseason. After that, the drop-off is significant now. And by Rodgers doing this and pointing the finger back at Green Bay, there is no rush needed from Green Bay's front office because they hold the cards here for what they're going to demand. The issue is, do you want something in return or not? And if you want something by the draft, you need to make a move well before September 1st in order that to go down. The Jets had a great tweet also right after Rodgers said this on, on Pat McAfee's show where it's the Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yes. seeing himself you know, on the TV with the, the Jets hat on is great in all the eyeballs, and then mentioned Pat McAfee. Um, but what Rodgers is saying also, it, it, it kind of makes me laugh because it's really just in the eye of the beholder. He's saying the holdup is the compensation on the Packers' end, mm-hmm. and basically I want them to hurry up and move it along. Well, yeah, he's saying that because he's made the decision he is now a member of the New York Jets. The Packers are just over there saying the holdup is on the Jets not giving us what we want. The moment they give us exactly what we want and agree to it, you are a Jet, and we're fine, and we're getting everything we want. So it's just on which side of this you look at it, right? So Rodgers, because he's going to be a Jet, that's going to be his new team. He's siding with his new team saying Packers need to get off square one and decide the compensation they're asking for isn't going to work and just – lower that asking price and make a deal happen. But uh, well, you know, the Packers are sitting there saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. We have our price. We have you under contract. The holdup is them. Yeah. If you want to play for the Jets, tell them to trade. Tell J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets that it's going to be first round pick one, two, three, or however many it's going to be. And then they can have their beloved Aaron Rodgers. And now think about Jets fans and the vitriol. If they can't get this deal done now, they'll get it done. I mean, if worse comes to worse, they're just going to give whatever absurd asking price right. the Packers are asking for right now. Yeah. Does Woody Johnson come over the top and, and get it done? Or, or do you want the, the, the trade to... Oh, they're look- still negotiating now, but I, I just think... I think now that, now that it's out there, Hutton, I do think there's a sense that the Packers could just sit back knowing but the Jets have to get him. So the, they'll just give whatever they're asking. But both sides of the negotiation have known this. Since last week, according to Rodgers. Yeah, and they still can't so, come up with an agreement. Right. And the Green Bay is holding them to their options, which is Rodgers or bust. And here's the, pra- here's the price tag. We can wait as long as we want on this. And, oh, by the way, we don't see eye to eye with Rodgers right now, but we're trying to make it seem like everything's cool. Uh, Rodgers is trying to make it seem like everything's cool with the Green Bay fan base where he says, well, you know, things in, but we'll be back. Love you. Um, 
it, it, again, it's the ongoing offseason saga of Aaron Rodgers. And, and it's going to continue every offseason as Florio, long as he continues to play. Mike Florio tweeting out that the media lives rent-free in Aaron Rodgers' head could not be more inaccurate. It's the other way around, bro. Everyone's talking about Rodgers, and Rodgers isn't talking to anyone all week. Doesn't even talk to his family. And uh, we're constantly on Aaron Rodgers' watch as we get ready for the start of free agency and all the trades and all the movement. If he's going to play in Green Bay, if he's not. That has been the saga every single year. Very cyclical. It'll be the saga again next year for New York, not Green Bay. And it'll be Florio that's thinking about Rodgers, not the other way around. He, uh, he did the, the screenshot. Adam Schefter confirms which is really funny on a, a screenshot where he's reaching out to uh, Rogers and uh, you see the response, lose my number. Good try though, on the reporting uh, from Schefter regarding uh, the, the Rogers saga here. Great response. It's terrific. And the media part of this. Okay. You brought up Florio. Yeah. I said this the last couple of days. I'm, I'm shocked that Aaron Rodgers was allowed or poor Aaron Rodgers just played this thing out so brilliantly that he was able to break news in front of 500,000 people mm-hmm. watching on YouTube with Pat McAfee when he made this announcement and that he was allowed to break it. And not one newsmaker in the NFL had concrete, you know, Aaron Rodgers decided he is playing. He will be a New York Jet. They just had to finalize the deal. We didn't get any concrete, firm report until Aaron Rodgers said it. Hutton, that's amazing to me when you consider – Two NFL franchises are on either side of this. Mm-hmm. With all of their people knowing, the, the principal people that are involved in this, trying to work out a deal, none of them broke it with any news outlet. None of them leaked it. No one said a word. And this thing stayed quiet for Aaron Rodgers to go on Pat McAfee and, I said yesterday, and I, break the story. I, I believe the reports that he had not talked with either team recently. Yeah. Now, and and I, I think he's he just, I mean... he. He said today. Well, he said he talked to him on Friday. Yeah, he talked on Friday about what was going to be if he wanted to play or not, but not the 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 compensation versus whatever he's going to sign for in New York. I think from that end, New York wants to talk to him um, and and find out if he's going to play multiple seasons. What's the intention here? It'll be the same, uh, which is going to be year to year now. He loves this. He loves also this that attention. he could play another three years. Oh, absolutely. He's thirty nine. I mean. He's six well, years younger than Tom Brady. So I think he could play another two to three years in with the Jets. I don't think it's a one year thing. Well, it's annual for him because this is the the ongoing It's year to year, but I believe it'll be more like three years, even though each offseason will feel like it might be the last. So uh he's again, he's down the Brett Favre path. You know, we're we're one move away from him being in Minnesota. His mentor. <laughs> him being in Minnesota. And and how about this? Uh when I came out of the darkness, something changed. Aaron Rodgers says, I went into darkness 90% retiring, 10% playing. And when he came out, he wanted to be a New York Jet. He wanted to play for the Jets. What are the odds that he comes out of the darkness retreat and it's the one team that wants him? doesn't have to be Chicago or Minnesota or Green Bay or any others. It just happens to be the team that wants you to play for them. Wow, I mean, this is unbelievable. Mind blowing. The darkness stuff. retreat. He has this uh, visual, you know, this realization that you know what? I'm a I'm a New York Jet, and it while you're gone for those three days, 
two days, whatever it was. He didn't make it four. Um, the Jets were already inquired about him. It's as Crazy. if he, he went in the darkness. Yeah, it's like he knew. He saw the darkness. He said, retirement. You know, retirement is equal to darkness for me. So I went into the darkness of the retirement, 90% sure. 90%. And, and in 24 hours in, however long it was, maybe he said, I- I'm starting to see something. It's green. But it's not quite Packers green and gold. <laughs> it's green and white that I'm seeing, even though I'm completely in the dark. And that green and white, ladies and gentlemen, turned out to be New York Jets green and white. Gang and it's because of that vision that I came out and I said, I will play. And then last Friday, I informed the Packers, it is my intention to play and to play for the New York Jets. So make this thing happen. And Packers, get to work. (laughs) You need to get a move on this because I'm ready to get this thing done and be a New York Jet. It truly is Aaron Rodgers' world. Mike Florio saying that he's in the the media's in his head. Totally agree, Hutton. It's the opposite way around with that guy. He is in everyone's head at this point, and he's calling his own shots. And now... The drama begins. If we thought this was drama with a darkness retreat mixed with the will he, won't he play, now we get to sit and wait until a deal is finalized, which it will be eventually, even if it's the Jets totally caving to whatever the Packers want. He will be in New York. And we get to have a season of football of Aaron Rodgers with a really good Jets roster, young roster around him. This is going to be fun. And regardless of what happens, good or bad, this is going to be fun. And it will be, I mean, it's very predictable how this is going to go. Rodgers will have them in contention and uh, the media will hate it because it's Aaron Rodgers. And he'll go on weekly with McAfee and discuss all of it. Chad, he's going to start talking about how he's healthier because he didn't take the vaccination. <laughs> yeah. And then that's just going to blow Mike Florio's mind. Yeah. And everyone, I'm not voting for him for MVP this year after he or, dared to make that statement. Or he'll throw a pick. You know, Guys, lo- my right arm is just real loose. It's probably because I didn't get a shot in that arm. Yeah. He's just going to rile up the media even more he'll, with talk like that. He'll lose week one, and it'll be because he was distracted by the New York media, and he's not in Green Bay anymore. Yeah. That'll be the excuse. He'll have jokes like that, too. Yeah. You know, guys, uh, there's too many cameras in here. I can't focus anymore. From Green Bay to uh, Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield is competing for the starting job in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. And in 45 minutes, Lamar Jackson can answer calls and negotiate, because he represents himself, with any team in the NFL. So now that's the next big storyline to come is... Who's actually going to inquire about Will Lamar Jackson other than Baltimore? Um, it's a one-year contract, by the way, for Baker in Tampa. And the one uh, requirement he was looking for was an opportunity to start, an opportunity to compete in camp. Uh, Tampa will give him that one year, $8.5 million, and he'll be competing currently with Kyle Trask. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. Uh, tr- uh, another signing I should mention, Juju Smith-Schuster to the New England Patriots. Jacoby Myers, of course, ends up in Las Vegas. And the Raiders contract for Jacoby Myers, three years, $33 million, $21 million guaranteed. The Juju Smith-Schuster contract, three years, $33 million, $22 million guaranteed. So they gave him another million more, and the contract's identical to what Myers left for that the Patriots didn't match. They give it to Juju Smith-Schuster. They've also been calling about... Jerry, Judy, and uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, New England, according to reports. Patriots going big. 
Coming up, Mike Golick joins the show. We'll continue the Aaron Rodgers discussion, get his take on how free agency gets started officially today uh, in about 45 minutes. And we will also dive in some with the draft. Mike Golick next on OutKick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. couple of headlines as we welcome you back to Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver, they've suspended Ja Morant for eight games. Um, Didn't think it was this, possible. This it came upon a, a meeting today in New York with Morant, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, eight games without pay in response to the March 4th video of Morant holding a firearm. Uh, more on that. Plus... Uh, News coming, multiple outlets that Ezekiel Elliott will be released. He'll be designated as a post-June 1st roster move for Dallas. That will save them money on the cap. We welcome in Mike Golick to Outkick 360 with DraftKings. Mike, how are you, man? Good to see you again. I'm doing well. Boy, what a what a wild situation with John Morant. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy is so much fun to watch. And then you see that video and you're like, what the hell? I mean, what, where... Where is his head in this thing? I I was, I was stunned when I saw that, and now you know you get the ruling, and uh, you know Memphis having a year this year too, yeah, and uh, certainly they're not they're not doing anything if this guy ain't right, that's for sure. Yeah, and someone had to step in and act here, and hopefully yeah. the counseling helps him. Hopefully the meeting with Silver helps the, the, him. Good that the yeah. NBA acted on this too, no the suspension. Yeah. So hopefully it's a better story from here on out. What's uh, yeah. what's the timetable, Mike, for Aaron Rodgers after he says, "Hey, uh, I want to be a Jet," but we now know that the contract details, the fifty-eight million roster uh, bonus designation, Green Bay doesn't have to actually hit that until September first, if they so choose. This is interesting from New York standpoint. Oh yeah, this can go a long time. I mean, I know there'll be the, the Jet fans are happy at what they think is going to happen, and I'd imagine it eventually will. But there are some hurdles to get over right now. It was interesting to hear uh, Aaron today. You knew he'd kind of say some things, and because we all were going on, I don't know where you guys were on the that assumption that he had this list of yeah. players that he wanted signed, and even though he said that wasn't true, do people believe him? Did he really not? All of a sudden, there's all these these guys that he played with now that that all of a sudden may end up on the team. You know, is this a la Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay? You know, and all of a sudden, players, you know, wanted to, wanted to kind of flock down to him, not not necessarily from New England, but players that knew, knew Tom wanted to, or play with Tom wanted to go down there is that the same thing? And is it just coincidence they were his teammates in Green Bay? I don't know. But, you know, when he's tweeting out telling, you know, Adam Schefter, lose my number, you know, it's a, a little media a, a Twitter war going back and forth there. I think it eventually gets done. I know he's a big Hackett fan, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who's the OC there now. So I think it eventually get done. 
But for those that are expecting, well, if he comes in, Aaron needs to work with these young receivers and all that. Aaron's never done that. Aaron didn't do that last year when he had a bunch of young receivers in Green Bay. So don't expect him to do that. And if he doesn't, don't be mad at him because that's not what he's done. You know, he's a guy who has some leverage and he's using it. And I have no problem. Some people may not like the way he goes about his business, but you know, he has leverage. And I always say, if you ever have leverage, man, swing the leverage hammer as long as you can. And it, so- it sounds like the, the Packers have leverage here, too, with that timetable. So if you're the Jets and, and Woody Johnson, who we know wants the veteran and it's Rodgers or bust, do you think the Jets have to pony up and pay that price? Yes, they do. I mean, listen, the Jets have jumped into this thing with both feet, right? For those that are saying, oh, look at Aaron Rodgers holding them hostage. No, he's not. They're a willing participant. (laughs) They've flown to him a couple of times. They want him. So when you want him and you see other quarterbacks now start to sign like Garoppolo in Vegas and Carr down in New Orleans, so so the quarterbacks are kind of being, you know, siphoned off to other teams – this is what you're going to have unless for some reason you you want to jump into the Lamar Jackson situation, which we may find out later today if anybody's going to be involved in that. But you've kind of committed to this. So if you've committed to this, you start to lose a little bit of leverage when the depending on where the price tag is going to go on this because that still has to happen, right? Assets have to go from the Jets to Green Bay. The Packers sitting there saying, well, Aaron's made a statement, New York. <laughs> He's going to go there. You have to have him, so you're going to have to give us everything we want. We also just added another draft pick onto the price now after <laughs> he made that, that the statement. That, that's the crazy part of all this, Mike, and I look at it and think, let's say Aaron Rodgers plays three years with the Jets, which is realistic at 39. Sure. Um, it would be make the Super Bowl. I'm not saying win it, but make the Super Bowl or bust in those three years if they go all into this level with Aaron Rodgers. Would you agree with that? From a Jets perspective, thousand percent. You're not doing something like this to just get a little bit better and then go to another quarterback. I mean, that's that's why Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Stafford went to the Rams. And those those are a couple that worked out. We are seeing more and more in the last couple of years, the musical chairs of the quarterbacks. And they're looking to strike gold because they saw it happen with Brady. They saw it happen with Stafford. They tried it in Denver with Russell Wilson. And oh, by the way, gave him a big chunk of change. And that was a first-year flop. So, yeah, you make a move like this. That's exactly what you're saying is we need to hit the mother load while we have this guy or kind of everything was for naught. And and we know Jet fans. Jet fans are just waiting for the shoe to drop, the rug get pulled out, whatever cliche you want. They're waiting for it to happen because that's what Jet fans do. They know the bad is going to happen, so they're just waiting for it to happen. I, I think Aaron still last year was was certainly an off year for him. Got some nice receivers. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Brees Hall out of the uh, out of the backfield. If they bring in those other couple wide receivers, maybe they grab one in the draft as well. Their defense is playing well. They're primed to make a run. You don't get a guy like Aaron Rodgers or any experienced, really good veteran without the knowledge that you need to make a run while you have that guy. What an unbelievable uh, division of storylines. Now in the AFC East, Bills, now the Jets with Aaron Rodgers uh, eventually, and Miami's loading up, and of course, New England with Belichick and Mac Jones are signing Juju Smith-Schuster today. Plenty of reasons to believe that this offseason will be uh, similar to what we thought of the AFC West a year ago. 
Oh, I, I completely agree. You know, and, and a year ago, though, it was the Bills. Everybody expected yeah. the Bills to be the team, right? To dethrone Kansas City and end up in the Super Bowl, or it was the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. It was those three and then everybody else. And we saw Miami come out of the gate strong. We saw the Jets come out of the gate strong and then and then fade away. Obviously, it was the, the wrong quarterback selection uh, for the Jets. Uh, as far as Miami, it was the injury to Tua, who was playing, having a monster year and on his way to signing a long-term deal, which that's not going to happen at least for another year. So that that team is still good down there. You know, they got two excellent corners now, two excellent wide receivers. The Bills are still the Bills doing well, obviously. And now with the Jets, as I said, Brees Hall coming back from the injury, get a running game going, your defense is playing well, and you had Aaron Rodgers, you're right in the mix. New England, I'm not sure about. Mac Jones struggled a lot last year. They're moving some people pieces around so it would be weird going into the season thinking it's possible that new england would be at the bottom of the division on paper starting the season so aaron Rodgers is number one no doubt about it but what is the second most the second biggest quarterback development this offseason so far with a free agent signing or anything that we've seen well of the two that happened i like both card in new orleans and certainly um Garoppolo to Vegas. Think of Garoppolo. He went from Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who had a career year, Christian McCaffrey. Now he goes to Josh Jacobs, who had a career year. Devontae Adams. You got Renfro as well. I know they traded Waller to the Giants, but he's got some good weapons there. The Raiders need to really build up on defense. That's where they need to put a lot of their emphasis. Um, and then it was Aaron Rodgers, and now it's Lamar Jackson, right? It it, it, it the deadline's what four o'clock today or what four o'clock yep. on, on Wednesday is the day when you can start to make offers. And we're gonna find out is anybody going to it's it's easy, right? From the compensation side, it's two draft picks, and you know it. There's no negotiating there. You're giving up two draft picks. Can you do the deal? Will you give the fully auto guaranteed deal that he's looking for? And we know that's what he's looking for. Are you going to do it? Or are uh, all the owners, and I think we all know this, all the owners are ticked off at, at Haslam in Cleveland for giving the fully guaranteed deal to Sean Watson, and they don't want to do that. So people are calling it collusion. I don't know if they need to collude to all decide they don't want to start going down this road, because remember, this is what happened in the NBA in baseball. Those contracts are guaranteed. That was not negotiated. That is not in the CBA. That's just where it went by players holding out and uh, over time getting the guaranteed contracts. And that's where players want to go in football and owners don't want to touch that. So that one to me is going to be very interesting where it ends up. You think Baltimore just matches the best offer he receives and that's it? So a lot of people say, well, there's too much bad blood there. You know what solves bad blood is money. And it really, really makes you forget yeah. about a lot of bad blood. Because um, that's the one thing I've always said to players when asked about negotiations or anything. And everybody's negotiations, whether I'm negotiating for a million dollars or Lamar Jackson's negotiating for $250 million, it's still a negotiation. You And it's it's so easy for me to say this. You can't take it personal and you can't get emotional. But it's hard to to do that. You can say it, but it's hard to do because you get so involved, especially he is involved in his mom because they don't have an agent. But you got to understand it's a business decision. So Baltimore and Lamar couldn't come to an agreement. So there's part of me that thinks Baltimore just said, okay, listen, we're going to non-exclusive tag you and we're going to let you go see what somebody else thinks you're worth. 
And then, you know what, if we feel it fits within us or you actually get the fully guaranteed thing, which we didn't want to give, but someone was willing to do it, we'll match it. That's what I'm interested to see. Very interested is any deal that comes up, will they match it? Because then if he wants to play, he has to go back to Baltimore and play. And believe me, he will forget about the bad blood when that money's involved. Absolutely. And I know all's well that ends well in this if he ends up getting a huge contract and what he wants. But, Mike, how much does not having an agent affect Lamar Jackson negatively throughout all of this? So I would say in a lot of cases it would. In this case, not so much because we know what he wants. So I guess I w- let me ask you, what would an agent do differently here outside of maybe trying to talk Lamar out of getting a guaranteed contract? But if Lamar is adamant about getting a guaranteed contract – that needs to start at $230 million. If that's his floor, what is it? And I'm really asking this. I'm not saying this, you know, I'm really wondering what would an agent do to accomplish that where he couldn't just say it? It's not like you're negotiating. They offered, you know, 200, I want 210, or they offered 150, I want 180, and let's find a place in the middle. That's really not what this is. He either is going to get the guaranteed deal. If not, and then they start negotiating for what's guaranteed and what's not, then you would be, I think you're in a position where maybe you would need an agent. But I applaud anybody who tries to do it without an agent. For whatever reason they want to do it, you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. Could it cost you? Yes. Could you pull it off? Yes. Depends on the situation. Number one overall currently in Carolina in the draft. Which quarterback are they after, Mike? Or and, and, and <laughs> well, How about the reports immediately after the trade that they're open for business at pick one. I, I found that really interesting. Oh, I would say it too. Why not? I mean, you, you, you're nothing to lose. You know what? You can never, never, ever uh, is a problem answering the phone, right? It's always nice when someone's calling you and you don't have to call them. So they can call Carolina and let's see, does someone offer some monster trade? So this is what it comes down to. It comes down to there's four quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. It doesn't matter what anybody outside of the Carolina organization thinks except for them and their grades. If their grades are close between, let's just say, Young and Stroud, if their grades are close and they can deal with either one of them, maybe they'll trade. If the if the grades are close with three of the quarterbacks, maybe they would trade out of it knowing they'll still get one of those guys. But if their grade is really higher for one than the others, then you got to think about staying at the same spot. So that's all this comes down. I remember when Ryan Tannehill, when I think I think went number seven to Miami when he went in the first round. And I remember we're all going, my God, that was high. And I'll never forget Ron Jaworski saying, it doesn't matter what any of us think. It only matters what the grade is that the Miami Dolphins had on Ryan Tannehill. And then you see if it's right or wrong, because we know first-round quarterbacks is a 50-50 shot. It could be a bust. So we'll have to wait and see. The the amazing thing to me, guys, is I read after the combine, did C.J. Stroud pass Bryce Young as as the top pick after his combine? I'm like, this blows my mind because you've scouted their actual football play, and if after their football play you had Bryce Young as number one and then he didn't work out at the combine but C.J. Stroud did and you jumped Stroud over Young, I question you. I question what the hell you're doing if you go off somebody in shorts and a T-shirt and jump them for that. For me, I have covered and I've watched the four quarterbacks that we're talking about. Actual play, actual football. I I, I like them all. 
I put Young and C.J. Stroud above the other two, and if it were me, I would take C.J. Stroud. He would be my quarterback. But I like Bryce Young right there as well. But Stroud, if it were up to me and I had to make a decision about it, but again, Carolina doesn't care about mine. It's only what their grade is. It would be Stroud, and it doesn't mean I don't think Bryce Young could be that guy because I think I do think he is right there. Not a lot separating them. We have strong feelings about Will Levis on the show, and they're not positive <laughs> about him as a pro quarterback or his time <laughs> in Kentucky. But I do think, Mike, that all four of the guys we're talking about will probably end up going top ten. Based on yeah. some teams drafting and that all that thirst for a quarterback at all times, do you think all four of those top quarterbacks will end up being top ten picks? I, I do, and history tells us two will make it and two won't. Right? So, I mean, you want to talk about crossing your fa- crossing your fingers that if you're a fan or part of the franchise because you don't know. And quite honestly, I think there'd be five if Hendon Hooker didn't hurt his knee from Tennessee. I love that kid. And I know they said he'd be ready by the season, but you're going to miss an awful lot going into that. I think he would have been a first rounder. Yeah, I do think at the end of the day, the value of the quarterback, we know, we know the value of the quarterback is so high. So teams may start trying to jump over who they need to, even though there are teams in that top 10 that are looking for quarterbacks, where I do think they'll get taken. And listen, we knew Richardson and Levis were, were going to be studs at the – they were going to look the part, right? I mean, Bryce Young's small, but the other three that are going to go in the first round are a little more of physical specimens. And we knew everyone going nuts about Richardson at the Combine. We all knew he was going to do it. Dude is a freak athlete. A freak, that, was, that was a known commodity already. I'm still going to watch tape, and I know he had – 19 throwaways and one of the most, uh, some of the most drops around the country. I get it because his completion percentage wasn't very good. And a lot of times you can struggle coming into the league with that, though Josh Allen overcame that. Jalen Hurts overcame that. Doesn't mean everybody will, but we knew those guys were going to be freakish at the combine. That's why I, the only thing I really dig at the combine about it is what are you doing in the meeting room when they turn the film on? when you have to go up to the chalkboard, when you have to break something down. That's my concern. I know you're going to look good in shorts and a T-shirt, okay? I'm concerned more about your film playing and what you can do in the classroom in breaking things down. And that's where we're not. We're not there. So if those, I don't know what those guys did. It sounds like they did great from that aspect, which which really is going to up the value a lot because that's when you see the physical tools but what we don't know is what they are in the film room and talking about plays and everything like that. And again, it all sounds like it, it went well, which is why another reason I do think all four will be in the top 10. Mike, how are things at DraftKings? I'm enjoying it. You know, I get to do pods there. I'm doing some pods with Metal Arc, you know, with Stu Gatz and those guys mm-hmm. as well. And Mike's my son's over at DraftKings, so we do shows together there. And uh, it's funny, I do a podcast, Golik and Smetty, with Jess Matana. She's my youngest daughter's age, and she went to Notre Dame. So we have a real um, generational gap going on from like 28 to 60, <laughs> you know, as, as far as uh, what we talk about and stuff. But it's a lot of fun. I, I kind of miss the day-to-day. I've had a couple opportunities to jump back. I still may because uh, I do enjoy talking day-to-day. I just didn't enjoy really getting up at 4.15 every day. Yeah. Don't blame you. What What are your early thoughts on on Marcus Freeman at your alma mater? I listen. I love Marcus, uh, and I mean, it was tough to get hamstrung right in the beginning of the season. You lose your starter, uh, and you're playing with your backup all year, so your passing game was extremely limited. 
Uh, you had wide receivers that were a bit inexperienced. You had the best tight end in the game and Michael Mayer. Your old line came along. I think a big reason because Harry Heastand had come back for the year, the old line coach. Now you, you you got a stable of running backs, and now you got in Sam Hartman. You know, this kid's, what, throwing about 5,000 touchdowns over the last few years? Yeah. And that's something Notre Dame has missed a bit, a guy who can really whip the ball around, and they have some really good young wide receivers and guys that are maturing a little more. So I, I the future, I think, is, is, is a good one there. And Marcus does a great job of recruiting. He is such a personable guy. You, you talk with him for five minutes and you walk away and say, wow, that, that guy's got that great it factor. Mike Golick has been our guest, DraftKings Sports Analyst. Uh, Mike, thank you so much, man. Always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you. You got it, guys. No problem. Thank you. Mike Golick there. Uh, follow him on uh, social at Golick. Always great. Uh, real quick, Adam Silver's quote on John Morant's suspension, eight-game suspension handed down uh, about 15 minutes ago from the NBA after a meeting between Silver and Morant in New York today. John's conduct was irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. It also has serious consequences given his enormous following and influence, particularly among young fans who look up to him. He's expressed sincere contrition and remorse for his behavior. That from Commissioner Adam Silver. Again, an eight-game suspension. Rachel Nichols says it's because they could not prove one way or the other if he brought it on the plane and if he brought it into the club on the video, but he's, he is holding it. He's displaying it. And that somehow comes up with eight games as opposed to 50, 50. If he brought it on a, it's yeah. a mandatory 50 game suspension. If he did this at the team facility, which also, you know, carries to the plane and other team business properties. That part of it to me, was very expected that he could easily use the defense of it was a buddy's, that brought in, I was just showing it but, in the club. Hey, but after this meeting, you have to expect, like, if something else happens... It's an automatic It's 50-game suspension. Surely he's been told that by Silver. I would um, hope so. He left the uh, counseling in Florida to go, head to New York. Some to meet quick counseling that he went through in Florida to go to New York to get suspended for eight games. Yep. I, I hope he's better. I hope he makes better decisions because he is an unbelievable talent. Yes, no doubt. Coming up every Wednesday... We air our top grievance of the week. Primary complaint next on Outkick 360. Sixth and Peabody, our location coming up. I've got my top five free agent signings thus far. And we'll dive into some other headlines, including the Colts and a contract they gave a kicker, plus Michael Irvin and the latest there after he was taken off set off the air uh, out in uh, Phoenix for the Super Bowl coverage due to what was the accusation was assault. And now he's dropped his countersuit and videos out finally. Because a judge mandated it's, it's it. It's rare that video evidence it's frees someone. Very odd. And but I think that may be that may be the with case. Multiple here. pressers. Yeah. Before that, it's time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for primary complaint on Outkick 360.
Guys, my primary complaint this week annoys me. This time every year. The league year for the NFL begins at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Literally 10 minutes from right now. And teams have been able to negotiate and agree to terms with players from across the league since Monday. Well, uh, teams can't announce that and make that official until 4 p.m. Eastern today. However, multiple reports are out there. We have to say reported, you know, that they're agreed to terms they haven't signed yet, of course. But the league that has that policy, that doesn't allow teams to, quote-unquote, sign players before Wednesday at 4 p.m., immediately quotes and cites their own reporters, their own insiders, Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport, they're sending out immediate, immediate tweets with the news that the team should be able to announce and discuss prior to Wednesday at 4 p.m. if the league is under the same umbrella and they're doing this on social. That's my primary complaint. So my primary complaint is that it's March. It's not because it's March. That's not my complaint. I love the NCAA tournament. It tips off tomorrow and Friday with the first rounds. Great two days of sports. I also really like Spike Lee, big fan of his films. Think he does great work. Sam Jackson is a legitimate movie star. Love the guy. Charismatic. Great in almost everything. Charles Barkley, love him too. I like all these guys. My problem is, and my primary complaint, is the fact that because of the NCAA tournament, this is an annual reminder that by April, when the national championship game is played, I will hate all three of these guys because in every commercial break, they will appear in a Capital One commercial together, and it's going to become very, very annoying. Mm -hmm. This is your reminder that it's March, and get ready for lots of Spike Lee, Sam Jackson, Charles Barkley with the occasional cameo from Jim Nance <laughs> on the road together, going to some make-believe NCAA tournament game in a commercial, and it's going to annoy the piss out of all of us. That is my primary complaint. Have they done one where Jim gives his tie away in the Capital One commercial? But that they that need a tie-in with a tie company. I think that would be the smart marketing move, right? Let's get a tie company involved they, and have a joint commercial. They may give it to himself uh, this year because Could this be. is his final mm. NCAA March Madness tournament to call play-by-play. Play. Davey? Guys, my primary complaint is the fact that people always complain about daylight savings time. It's not daylight savings time itself. It's like, I get it. I mean, Carl, you're 55. It's happened every year of your life. We spring forward and we fall back. It continues to happen. Like anything, there are pros and cons. Like a con. Uh, seasonal depression, uh, that helps out with that. A pro, if you guys remember the 2004 blockbuster hit National Treasure, that movie was fantastic. And if it wasn't for daylight savings time, how would we remember that epic scene where Riley Poole actually proves his worth to Ben and Abigail Chase by being like, oh, well, we got to figure out that on the back of the clock tower of a $100 bill is the Independence Hall, and we got to find out exactly what time it is. Well, it turns out it's 2.22 on that clock, but if you look, we got to make sure that... Right now it's three o'clock, but oh wait, daylight savings time wasn't invented or established until World War One. So with that being the case, it's still technically before two twenty-two. There, 
therefore they're able to actually get to Independence Hall in time to see where the uh, sunlight hits just right to where they can find the glasses that Ben Franklin left behind for them to find to where then Nicolas Cage is able to be like, oh, I can finally read the invisible map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Therefore, we're able to stop the treacherous and conniving Ian from getting the treasure and ruining everything. Now, if it wasn't for daylight savings time, would we have that? No, I rest my case. <laughs> Chad, did you get all the details right? What do you leave out on the movie? Uh, did you watch that last night? I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know that movie as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I felt like Davy was in front of Congress, yes. you know, arguing for the position to keep daylight savings time. Yes, it was a filibuster that he was going on, and I, it worked. I, I think that he properly sold daylight savings time. So the seasonal we, depression part of it, though, that's the one I always hear. We have or until, like putting your kids out in the darkness. That's a big yeah. deal in the winter. I don't want my kids waiting at the bus in the dark, and that's we, that's always a big we selling have the point against extra hour until November fifth. Apparently, there you go. That's when we'll have to fall back again. This extra hour, this not the extra hour, the one less hour mm-hmm. of sleep, the spring forward. Yeah has really screwed me up. I feel like I'm on jet lag. Like I just flew to Madrid for the last three days, and it's been one one hour we're talking about. You know how, like when you're but a I kid? cannot adjust, and I also haven't changed my alarm clock Oof. right next to me, so I like, it, oh. it's messing with me constantly because I just need to change it, and I've been too lazy to change it. When I was a kid, I, I didn't realize, like, it's one of those things I've learned too late in life, but it's like, I thought for the all of summer, like, we just had an extra hour. Oh, it was oh. 25th hour. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's good to know. And I turned 10, but... Yeah. And now everyone's on spring break this I week I think as well. 25th Hour was a Spike Lee movie, in fact. It, maybe they'll reference it, all it in t- commercial. It all ties back in. Maybe they'll reference it. Possibly. In commercial. I think Edward Norton was in that movie. Top five free agent signings, and the Texans are included in my list. That's next. That's next.